as well rubbish. You know when I said shush and you started? <laughs> I'm so sorry that my pitch is clear. Recording in progress. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Triple F podcast. As always, you guessed it, I am fine, fresh, and fucking fantastic. Hope you are too. So today we have a guest on with us, the big KC, Kerry Bullock herself, who is not only one of my clients, but also someone very close to myself as well. So why not get her on the podcast and have her go through some stuff in regards to coaching, in regards to her own journey, and also what she's doing in the industry now as well. So, KC, over to you. Tell the guys about yourself, who you are, what you do. Sell yourself, girl. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, I am, as Brad said, Kerry Bullock. Um, I've been on, I feel, quite a big journey the last two years. Um, so joined Brad, um, I think it was... July 2021? 2021, yeah. June. 2021. 2021. Um, like, had a little bit of, like, gym experience, um, but kind of just went in and always just done whatever I wanted to do. Never had any sort of clear, um, like, program or aim or anything. Um, but competing is something that I've always been interested in. Um, followed people on, like, social media for years, um, but just never thought it was something that I could ever achieve. Um but I think I made a big um, change in my life in going to uni and changing my career. And that kind of spurred me on to thinking, do you know what? I can achieve things that I didn't think I could. Um, so that's when I like reached out um, and joined Brad. Um, sort of long story short, we were aiming for a photo shoot um, to start with, which turned into um, when shall we compete um we sort of done a little um sort of mock prep up to a photo shoot um and I come in quite quickly and that's when um I asked Brad when the when the sort of last competition of the season was and we done it and we won and we done quite well um so modest has ever done quite well (laughs) cleaned up in her first season um so yeah I then um finished that season had like a short off season um of like about four or five months um and then went into another prep last year um and then competed again in my second season um when did it start September last year Uh, my first show was NFM um where I had a again a good start um turned pro um and yeah continued the season um and done again quite well um and then um have now decided to go down um like the posing coaching side and the um coaching side myself um with the watchful eye of brad (laughs) (laughs) the watchful eye of brad so as you can tell kerry is very modest she's not very good at talking about herself um she like kind of like going back over from when we first started to kind of to, to present. Um, when she joined me, um, I remember receiving her first check-in pictures and she took them kind of the wrong way around. She took them in front of a window 
So the, the the light completely washed her out and the camera was facing her and the window. So I almost saw like a silhouette and I was like, okay, you know, a good starting point. Like this is this is pretty decent. Um, and then I said like, with your next check-in, can you do it the other way around? So I can see kind of the natural light shining on you and then the, the phone behind the window. Fuck me, the difference. Like she went from about 20 weeks out to about four weeks out. And I was like, <laughs> okay, like, some people are just naturally built for this. And and when she said that she wanted to do a photo shoot, like I knew in the back of my mind, this photo shoot was never going to happen. She was going to, you know, start getting into the, the, the depths of the diet. She would get to the, the kind of excited, um, nervous kind of, oh, I can start seeing lines coming now. Maybe we should just jump into a show, which is exactly what happened. Um, she did her first timers um, at the end of the season in 2021 won that and narrowly missed out on the overall as well. Um, I think the judgment on the whole crowd was a bit sort of stumped as to how she didn't get it. Uh, but sadly, this is bodybuilding. And then, yeah, we reversed. Well, to be fair, she did actually multiple shows in that season and took home many, many trophies. It was actually a bit of a piss take. <laughs> but it's credit where credit was due. Uh, we then had a very short kind of off-season improvement phase where she improved to a degree that just literally doesn't even make sense. Um, and then we decided that 2022, we would go for much bigger shows with much bigger prizes. Um, we picked every show that was the busiest of the season. Um, the NFM at the end of the year, we did the race trip rumble at two bros. Um, so when Kerry's saying that she did quite well, she, she did phenomenally. Um, she held her own in all of the top lineups. Um, taking first place to third place in most, um, other than the last one at NFM, but that was our last show. Um, and I think the thing that we took home from that was it was most definitely her best look at the end of the show. It's just when you're going up against all of the season's finalists and top three placings, you know, all going for that kind of ticket to Texas, it was going to be an, a ridiculous lineup. So, you know, we knew where we fared, we knew where we stood. Um, coming away from that season, we learned a lot as to what direction to take Kerry's progression uh, for her personal development. So, I mean, do you want to talk about like some of your personal development in regards to bodybuilding first and kind of forward plans from 2022, 2023 to 24? Or do you want to yeah. go over coaching stuff first? Like the microphone is yours, however you want to take it. Um, so we'll go like the progression. So the mm. season... Um, Last year was basically to kind of like just try lots of different federations, really, wasn't it? And yeah. like see like where I fitted, see where I liked, um, who I liked competing for, um, and just generally like where I stood, really. Um, I think I've always had in the back of my mind, I wanted to go down the IFBB, but I think, again, I never thought I would like look like I could compete with them or like I stood a chance. Um, I just thought, oh, I'm going to stand up there and just stand out like a sore thumb. But it wasn't until like the the race trick um, where I kind of like had that light bulb moment of, no, actually I do belong up here. This is where I want to be. A line up uh, of like 13, 14 girls and she was the only <laughs> one that was moved straight into the centre and then that's where she stayed pretty much for all three classes that she did. So I think that was clear. She stood out, but not like a sore thumb. So Yeah. So I think like from that um, and after this season um, finished, I am like fully focusing on um, IFBB and 
chasing that that pro card. So yeah, yeah, I agree, and I, I don't see why that shouldn't be the case. And I think obviously it's person dependent as to you know what your goals or what your aspirations are from bodybuilding. And I think your first year you just did it because it was something that fascinated you, but mm-hmm. you very quickly became immersed in it you you live for it you know i i know how much how an importance it is to you and you know we had that conversation of what do you want from here do you just want to compete for fun or do you want to take this to the next level and be the very best that you can be and obviously your decision was take it as far as you can go so why not aim for the top you know yes okay we can turn pca pro we can turn nfm pro but you know when you are chasing for the creme de la creme as they say you're going to go ifbb route right yeah Mm-hmm. yeah so what's your game plan to get there then obviously i know because i'm your fucking coach but <laughs> <laughs> tell me teach me this is how it actually works kerry tells me how to coach her um yeah i'm actually, i'm the mind behind this all guys yeah, i don't actually do anything i just do what she tells me <laughs> uh, but no tell the listeners what is your game plan for 2023 2024 um enlightenment to get wham oh yeah obviously <laughs> <Whammer>. <laughs> Um, so obviously, like my journey is changing um, slightly from my past couple of seasons, um, because like my first couple of seasons, I um, was well basically natural, um, apart from in my last prep included like um, clearing your himbine and L-carnitine. Um, so up until like now, I've been um, basically natural. Um, but we have um, like just run um, like my bloods for the first time um, and they've come back. Uh, my hormones were a little bit sort of um, skewy. Um, so um, we've decided to sort of like go down the um, like enhanced route um, with, yeah, the guidance of you. Mm-hmm. So basically like um, Kerry's simplified version what we've found is that um, over the 2021 prep, 2022 prep, we experienced a little bit of downregulation of hormones. Obviously, some of that was going to come from the contraceptive that she was on. Um, yeah. But a lot of it is going to come from, again, having two back-to-back preps with, you know, quote-unquote suboptimal time in between. You know, we didn't really have a choice. We could have taken another year off, but we wanted to come back 2022 and see where we were. So we understood the risks. Now, coming away from that last prep, um, it was all about understanding where we are, what effects that created on the body, um, and how we can kind of rectify it from there. So obviously we run bloods. We saw there was a little bit of downregulation of hormones from fatigue, from um, the extensities of prep. We obviously want the body to be in a harmonious place for growth. So me and Kerry sat down and had that conversation, which I, th- I feel that every coach needs to have with a female athlete at some point and say, you know, what are your future plans? Do you want children? You know, are you in a position where you're um, overly concerned about, you know, the reproductive causes of children or, you know, are your sole plans all about competing? Um, And obviously Kerry decided that all she cares about at the moment is being the very best bodybuilder that she can be. So obviously we want to support that. We want to put her body in a harmonious place to allow that to happen. Um, You know, so first things first, we want to regulate hormones, but we also want to put ourselves in the best possible place to have those hormones balanced to allow us to compete year after year after year, to allow our balance of hormones to be responsible and also responsive for the level of progression that we want. You know, Otherwise, 
we're going in completely blind. You know, we are going to have problems with irregular hormones or irregular periods or irregular menstrual cycles, which within a prep or within a massive phase are potentially going to cause problems. So all we've done at the moment is we're just starting a TRT. Um, so we just started low dose of testosterone just to keep hormones in a nice regulated space, just so that we can allow the body to be as healthy and productive as possible. Now, whether we take those into super physiological ranges um, throughout this off season, I think would be goal dependent. At the moment, we've got no kind of forward thinking of that uh, because taking a female from a TRT range to a super physiological range definitely changes the game that you're playing. Um, and you can't do it for a long, longer period of time as you would with the TRT. But um, at the moment, it's just allowing the body to do what it needs to do. So we're going to balance hormones first of all. Then potentially we can look down the roots of um, exogenous thyroid hormone or exogenous insulin as food starts to push up. So we are going to start using the realms of more support in regards to what we're looking to do. Now, you know, when we come into a prep, again, it would be like a needs analysis as to what that changes. But we are definitely utilizing a lot more tools that we can, um, not only from a bodybuilding perspective, but also from a health and health, health mm -hmm. and safety sort of space. We want to make sure that we can do this with the lowest amount of risk possible. And I think this is something that probably isn't spoken about as much or as in length as if you are doing back-to-back -back shows naturally, that's probably not the safest way of doing it. So this is why kind of Kerry myself and decided, or sorry, Kerry decided that that's the route that she wanted to do and I'm there to support and aid it. Obviously, it's not my decision, it's not my body. So that is the route we are taking. So, any, anything to add on that, okay? Or you just... Um, yeah, just that, like, I, I am kind of willing to do, like, whatever it takes to get me in that best possible place that I want to be. Um, and, yeah, obviously, with, the, with your guidance... Um, like things can be done in that safe way and um I just want to be like totally honest and open with people about it because I don't think enough people are um I agree, I agree. so Kerry's a rare example of someone that will she's in interested in what she's doing but to her it's whatever needs to be done she'll get it done she doesn't question she doesn't argue she doesn't doubt um she questions because she wants to learn but she knows if this thing is going to make her more optimal, if this thing is going to get her to that next stage, she will happily do it. Um, there's not really anything that we've really come across that she hasn't been able to overcome or hasn't just taken within her stride. And I think one of the, the most remarkable things is <clears throat> she is very honest and very open about what she does. And I think within bodybuilding or within the realms of bodybuilding, there's still a lot of secrecy and things behind closed doors. But more importantly, I think there's a lot of things that are misunderstood, especially in regards to kind of um, female bodybuilding or enhanced female bodybuilding. You know, as Kerry said, like the first things first that we did, we approached sort of the lower risk or harm reduction side of um, support. First of all, things like clenbuterol, uhimbine, L-carnitine, things that are not going to cause any sort of hormonal imbalance or irregulation. Females are very androgen sensitive, they're not going to be anything that touches anything hormonally. Um, we've then kind of decided our next point of call would be something hormonally, but to help balance and help regulate something that's already there, not to enhance and put us in a super physiological range where I think a lot of people tend to go down the route of, oh, fuck me, I want to get better, let's use Anavar, which I'm not saying Anavar doesn't have a place, but 
it has a place at a certain time after a certain amount of other protocols run first. You know, it's more of a last resort rather than a first resort. So, you know, I'm not saying that there will never be a time that um, Kerry doesn't or does run Anabar, but it's not anywhere near on the cards yet. It's we're still a long way off that. We don't even need to entertain that. So, I think you know one thing that I find particularly interesting or quite um, encouraging about Kerry is that she's very open about it. Not just from like a personal kind of like um, athlete perspective, but also in like in regards to her coaching. You know, one thing that I've always found is that people always enjoy my content or enjoy what I say because I'm very open and honest and give my own examples. And I think if you've got a coach or someone in the industry that is relatable and is very honest and open, then it is something that the industry needs to see more of because I, I feel that there's not enough kind of spoken about in regards to personal um, experiences and also considerations as well. You know things that are going through an athlete's head because if they go through my head or if they go through Kerry's head, nine times out of 10, they're probably going through everybody else's head as well. Yeah, I think as well, like at the end of the day, yes, I am willing to do whatever it takes to get me to where I want to be um, and I will just do the do. But as well, at the end of the day, I think a massive part is like trust. Yeah. Like with your coach, like I trust you like fully. So yeah. if you say do it, I'm going to do it because I trust you. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, it's it's not something that I think any coach can do. It takes, there's a lot of it going on. And I feel that this is probably only the first year that I'm able to dive into these realms where, you know, I've spent years and years trying to educate myself on this as much as possible. Um, you are the first athlete, which I took assisted, but it's taken me a long time of learning from the best minds, such as um, Joe, such as the guys at the Physique Collective, you know, all the other John Jewetts and everybody else that I've learned from over this period of time to then say, right, cool. I now know enough and feel confident enough to apply this to someone because um, I, I did a podcast with Darren and Joe a few a few months back and we were talking about the considerations of enhanced females and I feel that a lot of it is misguided because people don't know enough or people are just lazy and they don't want to learn. You know, The, the reason I feel that most people branch to the female choice of drug being Anavar is because it's very simple to turn around to a female and say, take one pill before you train. Like, the, the athlete doesn't have to really think about anything. They just go, okay, cool, I've got to take a pill. There we go, boom. I'll do that for eight weeks, lovely. They don't think about anything else and there's lots of consequences to that. But you, know, you start talking to an athlete about taking injections or using creams or you know, constantly tracking voice or clitoral enlargement. You know, I think it starts scaring people. And, and so it should because it should be quite scary. But when yeah. coaches aren't having that conversation, it's like well, shit, what is this athlete actually thinking? Do they think that they're doing this, like, harm-free and they're going to get away with this? Because there's going to be, it might not happen straight away, but there's going to be a point where it turns around and that, that athletes go, coach, like, I'm growing hair that I can't control or my voice has changed or, you know, clitoral enlargement, what do I do now? And the coach is going to fucking shit himself. And so is the client. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's like it's taking them precautions mm -hmm. alongside it. Yeah. So, like what we've done. That's, so. that's exactly it. And, you don't know until you do it. You know, some people can bang gear 24-7, 365 days a year, and their genetic predisposal is they're quite lucky. They, they won't receive anything. But there is a lifeline on it, and you have a cup, and that cup will continuously fill up as time goes on. And once that cup's full, anything after that will cause side effects, will cause virilization. And then from that point, you are fucked, and you will just have side effects that you can't get rid of. Um, so 
yes, of course, you've got to have that conversation with yourself. Of, are you willing to take those risks? Are you willing to have those side effects? Uh, but are you, are you also limiting the amount of risks and side effects that are going to be happening? You know, what we're doing right now, it, it would be stupid and naive to say what we are doing has no side effects. But what we are doing has the minimal amount possible because we have covered absolutely every single base, like problematic, cover, everything. We are literally well and truly covered on everything. You know, we yeah. discuss where we go from here forward or we discuss where we go from here backwards. So we know exactly what routes we need to take and when we need to take it. So that is pretty much your plans for the next year. Yeah. You know, where we kind of go from there obviously depends on time and space, you know. Currently in a calorie reset because food was getting a little bit too hard to manage. Hence why we're toying with the idea of potentially insulin coming in at some point. Obviously not now because calories are low and we're resensitizing appetite. But we know now, uh, where did your calories bottom out? How much were you eating? What um, top end? Yeah. Um, so I'd got to three thousand one hundred. Yeah. So three thousand one hundred calories for like a five foot bikini athlete is pretty <laughs> fucking monumental. Um, and I mean, I, I might see if I can try and put some pictures over this to kind of show you kind of Kerry's physique and uh, lean mass body composition. Like she's not fat, like by any means. So to be able to eat three thousand one hundred calories at that height, I mean, yes, she. Does do a lot of expenditure, um, obviously, as well as coaching, opposing coach. She's also a nurse as well, so she's on her feet quite a lot. But that being said, 3,100 calories was still a lot of food. So, you know, would we entertain things like metformin, insulin, you know, nutrient partitioners, um, and things that are going to help the body along the way? Yeah, of course we are, because why would we want to put so much pressure and stress on the pancreas when we have these things to hand? that we can use in a physiological range to help aid. Yeah, it makes no sense. So again, that's probably something we'll kind of toy around with the idea of closer towards the time of needing it. But at the moment, appetite's creeping back. So as soon as food goes up, we'll just start creeping it until the time is right for needing things like this. And we're not just gonna all of a sudden throw every drug under the kitchen sink just because we've said, yeah, we're gonna go assisted. It just seems a little bit backwards and that's where the risk is going to come. We utilize things at the right time. And why have tools in your basket if you're not going to use them at optimal times? You don't just, when you build a house, you don't use a hammer, screwdriver, saw, nail gun all at the same time. I mean, one, you haven't got enough hands, but it's the same with this. We utilize the tools when we need them, right? Yeah. Mm. Exciting. It is very exciting. I'm excited to see, like, because obviously I only had that five months before I had to go again. So, and that was without any assistance. So, I'm excited to see what we can do um, in this like long period of time and yeah. yeah, how different I'm going to look next time. Because it will be nearly like two years mm -hmm. between the last time I was on stage and the next time. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be a madness. Absolutely <laughs> madness. Um, to be fair, the majority of people that thought you did your last five months assisted was ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think I had anybody ask, you know, did it, was it naturally? It was like, what were you taking? I was like... She took nothing, food. Yeah, I used to get that question a lot. What are you taking? Or, yeah, people people wouldn't believe me. But I work fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, I can vouch for that one. Um, like I said, there, there isn't anything that she doesn't do. If I say do it, she does it. And does it exactly how I require it to be, which is when you are chasing for that, you know, also, don't get me wrong, if you want to compete for fun, then I'm not really, like, replying this to you, but... 
if your goal is to become pro in any federation, or if your goal is to become IFBB pro and be the very best you can be, you do have to suck it up and do the things that are hard. You do have to push that extra mile and go to those extra lengths. And that's not saying you have to be assisted. I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, if you have to do fucking chicken and veg five times a day like you did just to get that extra level of condition, or if you had to do, what were you on your first prep? Like an hour and 45 minutes of cardio a day? Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you've got to do those things, you've got to do those things. Like, that sadly is prep. You signed a contract with yourself. And I did a podcast on this a little while back. You signed a contract with yourself saying that that's what you want to do. Within those terms and conditions of that contract, it says in there, you have to do the fucking shit that requires to get there. So you can't cheat it. You can't skip it. You can't like half-ass it. You have to do absolutely everything. And it does show at the end of the day. You know, when you step up on the stage, it will show how much work you put in. Um, and I've got no doubt that from now until the next time she is on stage, that will most definitely show um, more so than what people probably realise as well. Yeah, and like I'm not stupid. Like I am, like I am realistic about it. I might not ever get that IFBB pro, but I'm going to try my downside hardest and like get it. Yeah, hundred percent. And bring my and bring my one hundred percent best. Hundred percent, and that's the that's the thing. No one knows for definite. No one knows for definite no. if they're going to be able to do it because. Bodybuilding subjective. We don't know what a judge is looking for one day to the next. We don't know whether they want blonde hair, brown hair, blue bikinis, pink bikinis. Like there's so much that goes into a bikini division that most people don't even realise. But then also you ain't got a fucking clue who's stepping up on stage with you that day. You know, yeah. You could be stepping up against three girls, you could be stepping up against thirty girls. Like, you never know. It's such a subjective sport, but the only thing you can do and can control is the variables that you have, the things that you can control, the the ins and outs of what you can do from day to day, what you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And, you know, one thing I've always said to every one of my athletes and every and, and myself as well, that if I can stand on that stage at the end of a prep and ask myself honestly, did I do everything that I was supposed to do, then you shouldn't care whether what happens. You shouldn't care what the call is or what the placing was. You've done everything you could do in that prep and you couldn't do any more. That's yeah. bodybuilding to me. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that I have a very... um a very inspiring role model around me. So, thanks. Yeah, he sounds like a prick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I'm not sure if I'm probably one of the best people to be around because I do take it very, very obsessively. Like, I, I do take it to the extreme, but that's just my method of doing it. Um, whether that's coaching, whether that's bodybuilding, whether it's just how I plan my day to day, I am very obsessive about how. I do things and it's very, very meticulous, but that's what helps me program what I do and helps me live the life that I do. I think if I kind of went into it half-assed with anything, I just wouldn't be as invested and I just wouldn't be the same person. So yeah, I'm, I'm 100% or nothing. That is pretty much exactly what I am and pretty much everything that I do. So I think it's definitely kind of rubbed off on Kerry as well and she can focus on it and see it. Um, and yeah, she does preach exactly as she does as well, you know. And you should. Why Why aren't you going to preach and do the things that you ask of other people? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're kind of like, obviously, that in my respect, yes, I have to be able to do that. You know, I'm not going to sit there and ask all my clients to do X, Y, and Z. If I'm not prepared to do that myself, it would make me a fucking yeah. hypocrite. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say be a coach worth his value. Not to say that, you know, you have to do those things to be a good coach, but you have to at least be willing to do them. Um, I think one thing for me, because I competed in 2021, it's been a while since I've been on stage, so 
maybe many people haven't seen that or have forgotten that. So obviously when I now come back into it, is that, oh shit, okay, yeah, Brad can switch it on when he needs it. Um, but I think that's part of coaching as well. And I've always said my bodybuilding and my coaching are two very separate entities. I don't, they're not the same thing. They're not there for each other. I bodybuild because I fucking love bodybuilding. And I coach because I love coaching and that's my career. It's my business. So it just so happens that they work hand in hand. But that, that kind of ties us into our, our next part of the podcast with you in that, do you think that, Obviously, you competing and you being around more and more competitors now, more and more coaches, um, such as the like of the Physique Collective guys, um, you know, being around more coaches from the competitive side of it. Has that kind of dictated your journey from here? Has it has it marked and mapped out a, nif- a different kind of direction for you? Or do you think oh, definitely, kind of- yeah. Um, I think, like, being surrounded, obviously doing it myself, and then, like, the past year being surrounded by, like, you and, like, the Physique Collective guys and, like, all of our friends and our circle has definitely um, pushed me in in that direction. I think, again, it's probably something that's always been in the back of my mind that I wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. a long, long time ago, I always thought about, like, PTing or doing something like that because I've always enjoyed, like, exercise and things like that. But, again, it's always been the, mm, am I good enough? Can I do it? Mm-hmm. Um and like I always have known like I want to do something in my life that helps people I think that's why I've gone down the route of like um like nursing obviously I was at uni um like studying to be a paramedic um which I've just um finished not finished but quit um because it's not what I want to do anymore Um, and that's okay like you can change your direction in life um And that's something like in the past that I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have actually just stopped something. I would have just carried on and been miserable. Um, And I think like that's like definitely something that you've taught me um, is that if you don't enjoy something, change it. And that's exactly what I've done. Like, um, so yeah, I pulled out of uni um, and I'm now going in like the direction of like coaching and posing just, um, just, just to pause there, I don't encourage my clients to quit. For no. that, <laughs> I'm not sitting there going, right, you're shit at university, what? fuck it off, you're good at bodybuilding, let's just focus on that. That's, I just want to clarify, I don't do that. I, I could see that uni was causing a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of negative emotions to where Kerry wanted to be, and it just didn't suit her goals, it didn't suit her path, so... For me, to be fair, I am very much, I can be a bit of a hothead and I can be a little bit spontaneous with something, but as Kerry said, if something doesn't suit your current life or your current goals or the direction you want to go in, fuck it off. There is no point in wasting time doing things you don't want to fucking do because you'll just end up resenting your life. And, you know, it's all well and good me saying that, but I did exactly the same thing in 2018, 2019. I was in fucking sales and car insurance. I I was fucking depressed, hated it. And I was just like, do you know what? fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I became a PT. So again, like I have to lead by example. I'm not just going to tell someone to do something I'm not willing to do. Um, That's the thing, like I I loved uni to start with, um, but like very much in like the last year, the job itself has changed and it's it's not going to get any better. And if I qualified and that was the job, I would be miserable and life's too short for that. So why not now pursue something that I'm really passionate about and that I can give, like, to other people 
So. Yeah, 100%. And it, it makes sense as well. Like, obviously, I'm a coach and I, I can say it because I am a coach, but it just makes life so much more fucking pleasurable. Like, you love it. You're passionate about it. You're good at, you're good at it. Um, obviously, competing and bodybuilding yourself gives you the experience of how to work and manage people as well. Now, take that with a pinch of salt. Just because you compete doesn't mean you can become a coach. I definitely feel that you need other elements to it as well. Now, Kerry's been in care for years, like nursing, hospices, stuff like that. So she knows how to take care of people. She knows anatomy. She knows physiology. She knows phlebotomy. Like, it's not just as simple as going, oh, yeah, I can do this. My coach told me what to do. Now I'm a coach. Kerry's had vast experience. She's basically been my mentor for the last two, three years as well. So she's learned, you know, constantly socializing with people from the Physique Collective. Also going to seminars. It's not just as simple as I've been on stage once now, I'm a coach. Like, Kerry is a prime example of somebody that has immersed herself in this industry from the moment she fell in love with it and is now becoming a product of that. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I don't, I don't want people just to look at me thinking, oh, she's competed once, like now she thinks she can coach. Like I I can give people different things. Like I'm not just going to give a nutrition and an exercise plan. Like there's so much more I can give people from like my background of like healthcare and things. So, yeah. I think the sad reality is, and it's a message for you and also a message for people that are listening that, People on Instagram are always going to think what they want to think. They're always going to make a judgment based on a picture you post or a comment you say or a story you put up. People are going to have an opinion on something. People are going to make a judgment, but who the fuck cares? Like, if they judge you in a positive way or if they learn something from you, brilliant. That's what social media is for. If they judge you in a negative way, cool. Don't fucking follow me then because you're not the person that I want to work with. You're not the person that I want to inspire and I want to teach, you know. There's a million people out there that can fall on your page, watch one story and go, shit, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. That's helped me today. I can learn from that. And then they become a follower and then they become a potential client. Like that's what Instagram's about. And if people are going to look at a page and go, oh, look at this person's competed once and they're now a fucking coach without knowing the full backstory, fuck them. Like yeah. I post what I want to post because I want to educate people. I want to inspire yeah. people. And I think that's what a lot of people tend to forget about social media is that post what you want to post because it's your page, someone's going to gain something from it. Someone's going to learn something from it. If they don't, or if they're not interested in what you post, cool, that's on them. Unfollow you. Yeah, they don't have to look at it. Exactly, exactly that. Like, yeah, no that's definitely cares. something I've learned like more in the last year, like not, not to give a fuck. Hmm. Yeah. I used to worry way too much about pe what people thought. Do you feel like competing gives you a little bit of um, like an intolerance to that? Yeah, I think so. I think you have you have to have a strong backbone. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're standing up on stage and somebody is judging you. Yeah, literally. So, yeah, you you do you have to grow a pair. It, it's not for the faint-hearted. I think every part of it. I thought that's why I'd ask you because you go through this extensively long prep where. You basically punish yourself. You restrict yourself on food. You restrict yourself on social events. You restrict yourself on friends. People will make comments about you. Oh, you're looking skinny. You're looking ill. You're looking gaunt. You know, friends and stuff. They don't mean it, but they just don't really know how else to say it. Yeah. And obviously, you stand up on a stage to literally be analysed and judged. You know, we can't, 
we can't really be sensitive preachers. <laughs> and if we are, then we're not going to last very long as bodybuilders. Not as productive yeah. bodybuilders anyway. You end up being a bit, uh, oh, the judges were paid off or they've got favourites. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it definitely builds character and I think it builds resilience as well, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely the best thing I ever done. Hmm. I don't know. And I could I couldn't imagine like my life without any anything like it in now. Yeah. Like I've I've met like so many amazing people which are now like my best friends and hmm. that through just doing this. I think that's the <clears throat> probably one of the coolest things about bodybuilding is the the self development and also the life development from it. Um it's the same with myself, what I've grown from and, and what I've changed from the moment I started bodybuilding to now is, is fucking ridiculous. Like, nothing is the same. Like, absolutely nothing. You know, what I class as my family is different. What I class as work is different. My surroundings, everything is completely different. I'm not anywhere near the same person. That's standard bodybuilding and what bodybuilding has brought me. And that's the thing. Like, you think you love and you think you're passionate about something until you actually really are. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's not until you find that true passion that you're like, oh, shit, this is actually what it yeah. is. I get it now. Yeah. yeah. And, like, now, if I can do that, like, for work, why why not? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, like, obviously, I know I'm not, I'm not um, stupid. I know it's going to take a long time to build up and things like that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. It's an enjoyable thing to see. And I think a mistake that many people have made or, or probably will continue to make is that they think Rome was built in a day. Um, yeah. And that goes the same for competing. It goes the same for coaching. It goes the same for posing. You know, you can't just wake up one day and go, I'm a bodybuilder today. I mean, yeah, you can, but you can't just be like, right, I'm jumping on stage today. I can't wake up one day and go, right, I'm an online coach today. You know, it takes time to build those things. It takes years and months to become established and, and people even recognize who you are. And, you know, I've been coaching now for seven years. You know, four of that, five of that was as a PT. So obviously I wasn't going to be very well known then. Um, it was only lockdown that I started online. And it, it's taken me from lockdown until now to even just get my name in the industry and people start knowing who I am. And, you know, yes, okay, that's still in the grand scheme of things, a very short time, but I've put every second of every day into doing this. I've made sure that people know my fucking name because I've been ramming it down people's throats. I've not just sat back and hoped for it to come. So, you know, I think as kind of, again, a message to anyone kind of listening, whether it be a competitor or a coach or an aspiring coach, is that be resilient, be patient, but just be unforgiving with how much you want to work. Just work relentlessly. It's not something that you can do half-assed. It's not something that you can do a little bit on the side. You have to literally throw everything at it and more because there's so many coaches now. There's so many online coaches and there's so many big names in online coaching that you know to set yourself apart from that is very, very difficult. But it's not to say you can't. It's not to say that... You know, if someone isn't looking out, looking out for you, you know, personality is everything. And we all have different personalities. We all have different niches. We all have different styles of doing things. So, you know, someone's going to want to be with you. You just have to be relentless and keep working for it. Yeah. And this is the thing that that's what I'm hoping to bring as well. Like I can, I'm hoping to bring like the sort of like 
the whole package really like posing coaching hair makeup like all all of that I can I can bring to to clients so and and that's kind of like the main thing that I wanted to get you on here obviously wanted like people to know your story people know your background people understand a little bit about your coaching but then also what you're actually going to be bringing to the industry because I don't think many if not anyone does this you know there might be teams out there that do it but I don't think there's an individual in this industry that is or can do or is planning to do what you are planning to do you know you are educating yourself on coaching from the best coaches in the industry you are educating yourself on PEDs from the best coaches in the industry you're also educating yourself on bikini kind of requirements or class criteria from the best people in the industry like jazz and compact you are being posed by different people so that you can allow yourself to be and offer the best level of posing in the industry you're also a hairdresser and a beautician and do hair and makeup i don't know anybody else that is a fucking sweet army knife like that i can just be like i'm here for all your needs (laughs) exactly like i don't know anybody that can do that like bodybuilders have a niche coaches have a niche you know you know, oh, right, I'm looking for someone who specialises in blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool, you probably want this guy. Oh, I'm looking for a female that specialises in IFBB posing. Okay, you probably want this one. Like, I don't know anyone that is that versatile in, I can take anyone off the streets, not only coach them, but prep them for a show, have them stage ready through tan hair makeup, and also have them fucking posing as well. Like, it just offers such a niche level in this market but also such security for a client as well you know yeah i i don't know many people that can literally be a coach of so many backgrounds to one client and obviously you know it, there's nothing wrong with saying to a client right i don't know this i want you to go speak to this guy or yeah. i want to speak to this guy for you to get advice but to be able to have all of those things under one umbrella is is pretty fucking sensational you know when, when people say to me I want to be a coach. My first thing is, okay, well, what are you bringing to the table? Like, what is it that you're going to offer that nobody else is? And then when you came to the table, like, I put a lot of these ideas towards you. And I was like, she's got fucking more chance in this than anybody else. I was like, it'd be fucking dumb for her to not be a coach. Like, it makes no fucking sense. I want to be a paramedic. Nah, fuck that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. No, you don't. (laughs) You don't want to be that. (laughs) I didn't say that. I thought that. <laughs> I didn't tell her that. I thought I did until I, like, obviously started delving into this. And, yeah, it's just the whole, um, like, believing in yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, sometimes it takes certain people around you to actually say, you'll be really fucking good at this. Yeah. Right. To think, shit, actually, I might be. If I put the hard work in, I actually might be good and make something of this yeah it's another important take home for people that are listening as well your circle is everything the people you surround yourself with or you know the the people you class as friends or teammates or you know whatever your circle is it will define everything and i can vouch for this as well the people in my circle are also another reason to my success as well because they believe in me more than i believe in myself yeah they tell me that i can do things they believe in me they force me to do things or push me further and you know, if you're not surrounding yourself with people like that, 
to fucking get up and find another circle because you have yeah. to be around people. This this industry can be cold and it can be fucking relentless and it can be very fucking emotionally up and down. Jesus Christ, I've had times in coaching where I sit and I go, fucking hell, can I actually do this? Like things keep going wrong or numbers are dropping or, you know, what about this? And then you've got a circle around you that believes in you and forces you and picks you up every time. You're not going to fail. You know, yeah. if you fall down, someone's going to be there to pick you up and help you. So, you know, find yourself a circle that believes in your goals as much, if not more than what you do. And you're not going to fail. They're going to help pick you up along the way. They're going to help you succeed. My circle has changed and got considerably smaller over the last couple of years. But I can tell you now I'm a hell of a lot happier. Yeah, exactly. Happiness isn't in numbers. Yep. Well, that, i say, <laughs> was a pretty fucking successful podcast. I mean, anything you want to add to it? Anything you want to talk about? Anything... Want to go over from there? Um, I don't think so. Just if you've got any um, questions about hair, beauty, posing. Tell the guys where they can find you. Um, so I am kerry.bullock90. No, am I? I don't actually know my own Instagram. <laughs> There's no point asking me. It's not mine. <laughs> um, I actually think I got that wrong. Kerry underscore bullock90. <laughs> What's that on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Are you on Facebook? Yes. I think I'm just Kerry Bullock on Facebook. Oh, there you go, guys. So you can find Kerry on Instagram and on <laughs> Facebook. Um, I'm going to encourage her to start doing podcasts and YouTube and stuff like that because everybody wants to do it. Um, anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to inform them? Um, I don't think so. I think we've covered most things. I think so. I think we covered pretty much quite a broad spectrum of quite Welcome a lot to of my stuff. life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The in depths of Kerry and behind coaching and competing. Um, Again, like I'm very open on Instagram about my whole journey. So yeah, I don't I don't tend to miss anything on there. Yeah. Well no, I think that's exactly how it should be. And I think again, like a podcast. I know since I've been doing podcasts, there's a lot of people that just listen um, just for like cardio for steps. And it's surprising actually how many people listen. This is another platform to get information out there. You know, I find like Instagram is just like a short, sharp, like quick little snippet of stuff. No, people don't really want long ass fucking things in there. So having a podcast and give people the opportunity to kind of not only learn, but to learn about people as well, because I think it's, it's not until you truly understand the person and kind of what they do, what they've been through, kind of how they think and feel, you can then really relate with that person. I think um, as a coach, you need people to be able to relate to you. You need people to understand you. You know, if you're just this person on a screen with a couple of pictures saying, do this, do this, do this, you know, yeah, people might listen, but are they really going to be invested in you? So I want to give Kerry kind of an opportunity to come on, talk about what she does, how she does it, you know, her mindset behind it, the reasons in which she is a competitor, the reasons in which she wants to now become a coach or is becoming a coach. Um, and to be fair, like the first few months of you coaching, your numbers are already picking up. I mean, yeah. there's already a handful of like lifestyle clients that she's coaching, more than a handful of bikini clients that she's posing, ready for shows coming up. Um, I believe you've got your first one coming up in five and a half weeks. I yeah. know that because she's my client as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's me like yep I studied your entire roster of clients <laughs> you've got another one coming up in nine weeks 
and another one coming up in July, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I think yes. so. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's not even just I'm starting to pose clients. You have clients coming up with shows. So, you know, she is definitely hitting the ground running and definitely one to keep a close eye on because the mindset and work ethic that she has is fucking nuts. And I don't say that about people often. Um, I'm a bit of a hard person to impress. So you know, if <laughs> if I see it, it's fucking there. That's for sure. But guys, that is and wraps up today's episode of the Triple F Podcast. I'd like to thank Kerry for coming on. Kerry, Thanks for having me on. You're more than welcome. I'm sure the audience have loved it as well. Um, I will be having more guests on soon. Anything you want more from us or anything you want more from Kerry, either drop me a message or drop Kerry a DM directly. If you are interested in her services, posing, coaching, hair, beauty, tanning, literally anything, message her on Instagram and she will get back to you with all the requirements. Anything else though? Much love, stay blessed, and I will see you all soon. Recording stopped.